Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike on Howie. Chris on Soups. Mace on Hal. And Matt on Group. Wake up Wednesday and we feeling it like... Nothing can intrude as we read in the tome of big stacks, singles bagged and boarded, fitted in a box in the lab recording, thoughts as they come, whatever they be, comics is a world that we become, sit back, listen to the man he sold, wherever you are, wherever you're from, the Wednesday show is for all of y'all, who leaf through books in solitude, open up worlds that you dream of, the following show is from us to you, peace. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Dr. Mouse. Hi. We're back, baby. Uh, went on a little hiatus, holiday hiatus. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I have a song stuck in my head. Uh, it's a Sheck West song called Mo Bamba. None of those words make much sense in order and uh, also uh, individually. Uh, but look it up. It's a phenomenal song. Um, ooh, yeah, so we went on uh, uh, impromptu holiday hiatus. We had every, every intention of releasing episodes, but man, did I not want to do it. It's tricky... Uh, when you're on the road kind of thing. We did it last year, and it was like... I think we recorded an episode of Bright. I, I was in Florida, and I guess the cosmologist must have been in the old UK. And it just really k- kills the whole vibe. <laughs> when you're on vacation, to turn to your family and be like, hey, can you... uh can you guys go fuck off while I record a podcast for an hour and a half? It's just not, you know, you don't want to do it. You want to, you want to spend time with the folks. Um, yeah, I just had a real lazy streak about me. Couldn't, couldn't bring myself, uh, to miss a moment of opportunity to spend with the old folks down in Florida. So not the old folks, my folks, um, and so I texted the cosmologist. I'm like, dude, let's just go on break every year. Just do a fucking holiday break podcast. Do it. Yeah, but the, what the, the thing that podcasts do instead of, uh, just being like, we're going on break sometimes is <laughs> they'll re-release an episode. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not talking shit about any podcasts that do that. But the reason I don't like to do that is is because every time I see it, I'm like, I could just go back and listen to this. I don't need you to re-release it. I'm not starving for content that much that I'm like, oh yeah, uh, just re-release an episode that's already in the catalog that I can listen to if I wanted to listen to it. Um, Maybe we should have. Maybe we should have. Maybe there's logic behind re-releasing episodes on weeks where you don't have anything, but... I don't want to do it, man. Let's just take a little break, decompress. The other thing is, uh, I I haven't known where I exist in the world for like the last two weeks. I haven't been privy to the days of the week, to the times of the day. I didn't set an alarm to wake up once. Um, besides the days where I was traveling and needed to be at the airport. And uh, it's been really good and restful. Weirdly, I'm just still a little tired. I think I banked a lot of sleep debt during the last couple of months, and uh, it's going to take some time to pay that off. 
I also just ate everything and didn't say no to eating anything. Especially when you're down and you get the, the some of those great diasporic cuisines, your pernils, your flans, your fucking pasteles. You got all this shit and it's just like, mm, give it to me all of it. Get one time a year. Because I don't know how to make any of that shit. One time a year to eat that shit. And that's in an old uh, the Lone Star State. <laughs> I don't know what Florida's nickname is. And uh, I don't know any state's nickname except the Lone Star one. Uh, but, you know, just you know, go east of that and then you'll find out where I was. Um, yeah, but did a lot of stuff. You know, went watched Aquaman. Um will save all of my thoughts on that <laughs> every single I have many many thoughts on the on the film many thoughts I c- could write a book about how I felt about that movie it provoked so many things in me and uh it, w- it was so just I- impactful I remember every moment of it I think about it every day and uh i have a lot to say um so tune in for friday we'll finally release that episode we've been teasing for a long time aquaman the jason momoa joint um but yeah we go so i flew an airline <clears throat> and i want to talk about this goddamn airline <laughs> because this airline is truly awful uh, it's called Spirit Airlines, and I'm just gonna say it because I have no reason not to say it. It's a, it is a terrible, terrible, terrible airline. Um, and I, you know, it's like one of those things where it's it's sh- it's probably shame on me. I should have done my due diligence on it. Um, because what here's what I assumed when I booked my flights on Spirit that it was a dog shit airline that sort of like sacrificed a lot of comfort um, for value, uh, value to the consumer, and that it would be sort of like an unpleasant plane, uh, an unpleasant flight, uncomfortable seats, cramped seats, you know, uh, just like not a great experience. You don't get assigned seats. You know, people are like herded toward the gate and you know, you figure it out when you get there. It's kind of like riding a bus or something like that, just in the sky, which is true, but that's not even the half of it. Somebody introduced me to this concept. It's called a la carte (laughs) flying in the skies. And that's what spirit airlines is. So like, they have all of these hidden fees and hidden charges and shit. The flights themselves are like super cheap, relatively speaking. Uh, we bought our tickets late. We waffled a lot. We were like, should we fly? Should we drive? Uh, driving to Florida takes about 14 hours. Flying there takes about two. Um, and so it was, it, it was like we were looking at the tickets. We're like, God, this is so expensive. We can get there on two tanks of gas. And that's like fucking you know, 30 bucks where we start. But by the time we get into the American South enough that the, the cost per gallon just starts plummeting. It's like $2 a gallon and shit. So we were at one point pretty dead set on driving. And then we were just sitting in bed one night and we go, fuck, I don't want to fucking drive. I don't want to drive. We can't drive. Let's not drive. And, uh, so my partner goes into the, into the bathroom is early in the morning to get ready for work or whatever. And so I just turn on my phone and I just buy the fucking tickets. I just, I binge bought the tickets. Cause I was like, if we keep talking about this. We're not going to make a decision. It seems as though we just made the decision kind of. And, and so I just bought the tickets. She comes back. I'm like, I, just bought tickets to go to Florida <laughs> on Spirit Airlines. And she's like, great, perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm happy we did that because 
driving down there is going to really suck a bunch of ass. So um, I thought I, I, I figured everything out. I was like, hmm, gaming the system kind of shit. It's like they let you take a personal item, so we'll pack up the backpacks, and then they let you take, uh, but you have to pay for everything else. So I'm like, we'll pay for one check, check bag. We'll check one bag, and we'll put it underneath the plane or whatever, and we'll share that bag. One of those massive, like, uh, bags with the 360 wheels. By the way, 360 wheels, greatest adventure of all time. Amazing adventure. Can't believe it took so long to come up with it, but it's the it it should it's it should be lauded as one of the great inventions of the 21st century. Unless they've been around longer than that, but that's when I found them, so that's how I understand them. So I, I buy the tickets, we get one check bag, and I'm like, awesome. The day that we're leaving, we're we're going to Target. We're driving to Target. And, you know, it's like sunny out and shit, and we're going to get some last-minute presents to take to my folks, and both of us are in the car, and we're sort of just, like, silent. And uh, I can't remember who said it, but one of us says, "Uh, we should have just driven. (laughs) Because... Now we're have we're contemplating the whole fucking chaos of going to the fucking airport and parking our car um because for us Ubering to and fro from the airport or taxiing is actually more expensive than just taking our car, parking it there and paying the $8 a day or whatever. It depends. If it's a very long trip then you Uber, but it just wasn't a particularly long trip, so instead we drove and we're driving to the airport. So we have to get our bags in the car. We have to regulate everything that's in the bags. As opposed to when you're fucking driving down to Florida, it doesn't matter. You could bring a gun. <laughs> you don't have to measure your fucking shampoo and your body wash and your soap and your deodorant and shit. You just throw it all in the fucking car and you just go. And then you chill out. You recline your seat. One of you sleeps. The other one doesn't. You put on... a cereal you 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 listen to fucking all a, a season of cereal and you're like already in fucking georgia we fucked up so we are like regretting the decision that we made or maybe that i made independently but then she co-signed on and so we we get to the airport and everything goes fine the first time everything goes fine the the, the on on the way down there it's definitely the most uncomfortable airplane seat that you've ever did see and that you ever will sit on um the fucking staff is so discombobulated nobody knows what the fuck is going on (laughs) you get like you tag your own bag everything is outsourced to the consumer so you you go there you print out your own boarding pass you tag your own bag you go you drop your bag off you just give it to somebody they throw it on a thing you go to the gate I bought seats so ensure that we would be sitting next to each other because I just think that that's very important for me. Um, so you get in your seats and you look at them. You're like, oh, these these look like air, like like movie theater seats. They look nice and comfy. You sit down on what is essentially a wooden board that doesn't recline and is six inches from the person in front of you so you have like no room to exist in the world and which is probably fine because they don't really fly super long flights i mean i guess if you're going from like fucking new york to la you might not want to fly spirit but we were only gonna be there for two hours that's fine we we got this weird little seat that's like just two seats in a row rather than three so it was just the two of us so we get spread out it was fine and so you know, we fly down and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, why is everyone so down on spirit? The way back. So we are informed that our flight is delayed on the way back. So we're going from Florida back. So we are fucking jumping in time six days. Um, We leave and go to the Orlando airport, which is about... A weird drive. It's like maybe like 45 minutes, 50 minutes without traffic, but there's never not traffic. There's always traffic. 
going to Orlando because you're going the way that you would go to get to Disney World. You're taking four. So any Floridians who listen to the podcast, you're taking four and you're going the way that you're that is the way to Disney World. Also, there's other reasons why there's traffic there. Uh, my dad explained them to me. I forgot, but there's just always fucking traffic on this road. So it's never going to be like how, how, you know, how far it is. It's always going to be dependent on the traffic. So we're driving to Orlando and it's like, it, it's just, it is Mad Max. It is Mad Max. There's just fucking cars everywhere. There's fucking cars smoking on fire on the side of the road. There's accidents, fucking two-car pileup, three-car pileup, four-car pileup. There's just cars on the side of the road broken down as fuck, and then another car skid off to the side of the road, like, jumping that car. There's fucking chaos. It's like a goddamn zombie apocalypse, and you're not moving at all. You're just stationary for, like, 20 minutes at a time, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you'll, you you know, you'll go 0.5 miles in 20 minutes and then you'll pass like a fucking SUV that's overturned and then the bottom is on fire and then the people are crying and shit and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? It is just Mad Max from Tampa to, to the airport. And so it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer and we're like, fuck this shit. We're going to be late. We're going to miss the flight. Fuck, we're going to miss the flight. Um, we get there at four, the flight leaves at four fifty. Um, so we, I think, and I was mistaken to be fair to the airline. I was mistaken. I think we have 50 minutes. I'm like, we're all good. We get in there. We go to check our bag in the little kiosk thing. The, the kiosk tells us can't do that. You have to go to see an assistant and the entire time I'm thinking well the longer we're waiting here the more we just can't fucking do anything the longer we're waiting here the longer we can't do shit um so we get up to the front and the woman is like as soon as we tell her the issue I know we're not getting on any fucking plane on this day because she just is like, okay, yeah, well, um, we put the bag on the on the scale or whatever, and we're like, yeah, we we missed our flight, but if we but if we hurry up, we can get there because there we have fucking forty five minutes to get to the gate. Um, and she's like, well, I have to call the gate and see if they'll let you on the flight. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that's not even a question because we bought tickets and seats for this flight, so don't call them. Take this bag, throw it on the thing, <laughs> let us go to the fucking plate. Uh, and like the the reason that I just don't believe you about that you have to say or that the like the, the logic behind this is like, well, so you're checking a bag and it's like they're not checking any more bags, so you can't we can't let you through security. It's just one of those things. The reason I don't believe you is because I've been on many flights, dozens of flights. And when you get to the fucking gate and people are boarding and shit, or like the moment before people board, like 15 minutes before the flight, the, the people will be like, Hey, can can anyone check their fucking bag in here? We don't have enough bin space. We'll just throw it under the plane. (laughs) hey can any of you fucks uh just bring your giant bag up here and we'll throw it under the plane right now immediately and it won't cause any delays whatsoever and we can do that because it's a door that you open and put the bag in so so i'm sitting in front of this woman and she's lying to my face there's no possible way we can get your bag on this plane. There's absolutely no look because they've sealed it. They've locked it. There's two locks. Only one individual knows the combination to one lock. So they both have to put their combination in 
at the same time and they don't actually know what it is they receive the paper and they put it in an attache case that is handcuffed to their wrist and they have to walk in different directions 50 paces and then just fend for themselves and we can't possibly open it until we find and track these people down who do not have phones nor do they have clothes and this is going to be a very long process so we cannot possibly throw your bag into the plane which is not any of those things but rather is a door which you open and you insert a bag into and you close and then you take off because it's a plane i was just fuming under the surface being like this is such bullshit we have 40 minutes and 35 minutes because you're calling the gate and you're holding us up and i know you gave our seats away already because we weren't at the fucking check-in or whatever it just infuriated me so much that I, I I held on to the grudge and I was, you know, we should have left earlier and all that shit. A lot of the responsibility falls on us. And my partner was like also mad because she was like, I told you we should have left earlier. And I'm like, fuck, I know. I didn't know they were going to be such dicks about it. So we, uh, she gives us a flight and it's the worst possible flight. But to be fair, to her and for a public service announcement to anybody who's thinking about flying spirit airline if you check in the day before and you've bought seats and you miss your flight they don't make you pay or at the very least they didn't make us pay i was giving off a lot of hateful resentful energy and perhaps the person sensed that and was like let me just throw this guy a bone so he doesn't cause a scene at at the spirit check-in which is something that I am totally not above doing and was thinking in my mind I was going to do because it, it just is like a desperation urgency thing that overtakes you and you're like, you're wasting time. Take the bag, throw it on the thing, let us go, we can make it. That's what's happening in your head. It's like, you're wasting so much time. You're wasting time. Send it under the conveyor belt. Tell them to open the door, put the bag in, and then close the door and let us in. <laughs> and that all of that is emanating from my body. I'm not saying any of it. It's emanating from my body. I feel bad about it. I don't want to make anyone feel bad. But it. I can't help it because that is what's happening automatically. <laughs> so... I, I, and, and the other thing is I'm petty as fuck. So they give us a flight, the worst flight you could possibly take. It leaves at 4 p.m. Uh, from Florida to Boston, and then there's a three-hour layover, and then you take an hour and a half flight from Boston to Baltimore. And so it's just like this crazy flight. You're going out of the way. It sucks, but there's nothing we can do about it. We want to get back. Uh, we were supposed to leave on Friday. We want to get back at the very least on Saturday because we have other shit to do. So we take the flight. Um, the next day we leave early as fuck and, you know, we go down fucking Mad Max Road and it's fucking, <laughs> there's fucking, you know, just like cars everywhere. There's fucking just Mack trucks overturned on top of luxury sedans and Teslas system malfunctioning and running through zigzagging into a bunch into seven cars ping ponging off of them. There's a fucking guy on a truck playing an air guitar. It's the worst. And we get there. And we do it. We check the bag. We get to the gate. All told, took us 36 minutes. So we got there at 4 the day before. Our flight left at 4.50. We would have gotten to the gate. We would have gotten to the gate 14 minutes before the flight left. And that is why I fucking will never fly Spirit Airlines ever again. Absolutely a first world problem. I know there are bigger things happening out there, but the amount of money you pay per ticket, which is like 50 or 60 bucks on other airlines, that's the convenience fee. That's the, you know, that's the, we are not petty as fuck. Well, every airline is petty as fuck, but the spirit takes it to a whole nother level. It's a whole nother, like the underbelly of the sea where the monsters exist that we have not yet found. That's Spirit Airlines. And then 
every other airline is like the bottom dwellers and shit. I've never had a good experience on a, on a flight. Um, and that is mostly just because it's the worst possible situation. I mean, it's, and you know, I guess it's hack to do airline bits as a stand-up comedian, but there's so much, there's such a cross section of humanity at airports and there's so much fuckery in that process. I, <laughs> I wouldn't mind hearing new school takes on airlines. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I guess it was like the food was the hack thing to talk about because it was so terrible or whatever. But there's just so many more things that are fucked up about airports that I wish somebody with the acuity of like, I don't know, a Chris D'Elia or a a, a real hot popping comic and Andrew Santino or even like a a legend like a Dave Chappelle would do some fucking airline bits because it really is just the worst situation in the world is to be in an airport. There's nothing worse. There's a lot of things worse, but there's nothing worse. But yeah, whatever. Uh, So Florida was fun. It was super fun. It's like, uh, it's good to be around family. I get to say, <laughs> my dad listens to this podcast, and I've already told him all this stuff, so shouldn't come to a surprise. <laughs> and it's nothing bad, but uh, a couple, maybe two months ago, at this point, I I told him we were going to come down for Christmas just to make sure he's there because he travels a lot. Um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, cool," and then. I can't remember exactly when he communicated it to me, but he was like, oh, by the way, me and your stepmom, who I love, uh, are going to renew our vows. And I'm like, oh, shit, when? And it was like uh, on the 23rd, it was the day before Christmas Eve. So I was like, that also heavily factored into our decision to, to do a plane rather than drive down, just in case the car broke down or something at this point. We're like... Uh, let's absolutely 100% fly. It's a more reliable method of travel. In hindsight, driving our car would have been a much more reliable uh, form of travel considering our hellish experience on Spirit Airline on the way back. But I didn't know that, and ignorance is bliss. So we were like, all right, we'll, we'll, let's definitely just fly so we can get down there in time to see this thing. And I asked my dad, I'm like, what is it going to be? And he was like, it's just going to be a thing at church. We're going to just renew our vows and then, you know, We'll take it from there. So I'm like, all right. Uh, we pack, you know, I pack like a button-up shirt and some like chinos or whatever and my nice shoes. And I'm like, I think this is good enough for church because I used to go to church and that is exactly what I would wear when I'd go to church is that exact outfit. Like just something button-up presentable, some pants that weren't jeans and then some nice shoes. But oftentimes even that we didn't, <laughs> we didn't live up to that ideal of of a dress code. Um, so when we get down there, <laughs> this is so goddamn funny. Well, it's funny to me, I guess. Um, <laughs> there, when we start getting like inklings that there, the, the the thing that my father had communicated to me wasn't exactly what was going to happen he said it was going to be like a small thing renewing the vows at the church do it under god that's which is very important to them and uh you know uh, it's a cool thing to do also um and uh my stepmom gives us like the invitation that they'd sent out to everybody which they didn't send us because you know my dad just called me and uh, it's this, like, really ornately decorated invitation with, like, glitter and nice patterns and drawings and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's a pretty official-looking wedding invitation. Um, <laughs> my dad is also talking about the, the suit that he's going to be wearing, which I'm like, you know, that's fine. But then my brother is also going to be wearing this, like, suit with this, like, newly starched pressed shirt and stuff like that and I'm like wait a second this is just a wedding 
because there's a reception after, and there's this massive ceremony, and my stepmom is wearing a full wedding gown. Fuck. <laughs> and we, so we just totally are underdressed. 100% underdressed. We have, no, we have a, I have a button-up shirt, chinos, and brown shoes. And so like, fuck. And then, so I've been talking to my dad about it. And he's like, well, so the thing is, I've not been involved with this wedding planning at all. Because it gives me anxiety and I don't want to do that. Which, as soon as I heard, immediately I related to because I'm also planning a wedding. And that is my feeling entirely. Being like, And I'm involved in shit like that. Because I feel like I have to be in, you know, especially because for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, this is like this massive deal for us which is going to serve multiple purposes beyond just being our wedding it's a going away part it's like a lot of different shit um and so my dad was like yeah no they just planned it and uh i didn't really know what it was going to be so uh we'll find out together and so i'm like cool so we get we we head into the church and everybody's dressed up and we're like fuck i'm sitting there i got a hat on i'm wearing my fucking uh bomber jacket with a Groot pin on it. I look like shit. Uh my partner managed to pull something together that looked definitely a hundred times more formal than what the fuck I'm wearing. So we're there and it's like it's a it's an awesome ceremony. It's a full, you know, ceremony with passages from the Bible being read and stuff like that. Um at one point <laughs> the uh <laughs> the pastor looks into the audience and uh so the bride and groom are up there my dad and my stepmom and the pastor goes like the could the uh the I can't remember how it was worded but it was like the clo- the person closest to the groom bride and groom and oldest please come up here now and join us for a prayer. So I'm looking around the room like, uh, is that me? (laughs) Am I about to be a part of this wedding in a bomber jacket that has a Groot pin on it next to a princess Leia pin wearing a hat? Is that what's going to happen right now? I look over at my brother and sister and I'm like, okay, well, she's 26, he's 22, I'm 28. I look over, I'm like, well, no one here is closer to this, to to my dad. And so I'm like, fuck. And I also look at the pastor and she's like, yeah, fucking come up here right now. And so I go up there and uh, the, you know, we are like supposed to put our hand over. I put my hand over my dad and my stepmom's sister comes up and puts their hand over uh, my stepmom. And then, like, they say a prayer or something. And then we're, like, transferring energy. or I can't, rem- I can't remember what it was. It was all very, like, a blur. Um, but it was cool. And we took photos and shit like that. And uh, those photos are going to be real interesting to look at, especially when everyone up there is wearing suits and I'm wearing <laughs> bomber jacket with a Groot pin in it. So fucking baby Groot is forever going to be in your wedding photos. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was wild. And then we go for this reception. This is like huge reception. There's cake. There's games. Fucking throwing the bouquet and the brides, whatever the fuck. And the thing I can't I don't even know what the thing is called. And I realized at this moment that I've never been to a wedding before. I've been to a wedding before. I went to the cosmologist's wedding, but he was very casual about it. It was like a real quick service and then dancing. I was like, that that was what it was. Um, And the sort of like the classical style of a wedding with all of the ceremony, reception, you know, games, 
traditions, rituals, cutting the cake, taking billions of photos. Like, I've never been to a wedding like that. And I honestly was, like, very happy about it. Just happy to, to celebrate their bond. They've been married for 17 years. But they got married legally. And then this was the, the marriage is supposed to be like, this is the... This is the 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 marriage that you have under God, which is, you know, an important milestone, especially for both of them where they're at. Um, so it was fun. Um, so that took up all of that day, and uh, Christmas Eve we do the shit that we do every year. We have the pernil, which is this like pork butt marinated in a shit ton of garlic and salt, and is fucking delicious i think i ate half of a pork's ass cheek in my time down there just eating the fuck out of everything um we played games embarrassingly we played just dance on the switch where you fucking dance in front of a television (laughs) uh it's super embarrassing and we opened presents and all that stuff it was it was super fun christmas was awesome um, and then for the rest of the time, we were just chilling, watching movies, relaxing, not doing shit. Uh, we watched Aquaman, obviously, which again, not going to talk about, uh, because partly because I don't remember most of the movie and I'm going to have to research it and what fucking find some clips on YouTube to refresh my memory about this film. Um, I also got to watch or introduce my dad who hadn't seen Venom to Venom, the film, and also my partner who uh, didn't go because some 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 people were saying that it was bad, um, which is, you know, kind of the prevailing wisdom around that film. And we saw it, and I'm not, I couldn't get a clear read on if she liked it or not, but my dad absolutely fucking loved it. I love watching it again, and I hate rewatching movies. I'm like, because why would you? Because you've already seen it. Um, but I felt like it was my duty to ensure that people watched this film. Um, and it was dope. I was fucking laughing the entire time again. It was, it was, it was absolutely just a great experience to just be sitting there watching on the couch the day after, or maybe this was on Christmas. I can't remember. Um, and then we watched a bunch of other movies that weren't as great. We watched a movie called The Meg. <laughs> where Jason Statham fights a prehistoric megalodon, which is like a dinosaur shark that eats other sharks and is like 75 feet long or something. And it's just the most, it's a movie that is becoming increasingly, I guess it's just coming back now. It's sort of like B-level action movie these like genre pieces, like throwbacks to to old sort of exploitation films. I don't I don't know what it is, but The Rock has been in a ton of them. He's, skyscraper, which is like a movie about a guy in a skyscraper. <laughs> Jason Statham's out here fighting sharks, but like truly fighting the shark. It's not like you know harpooning it from afar. This motherfucker jumps in the water and like. And in, in gets into a knife fight with this fucking prehistoric shark, it, it, which is absolutely wild to to witness. Um, we watched a movie called Hurricane Heist, which is a film in which a heist is pulled off in the middle of a hurricane, and uh, <laughs> sadly, it's a Rob, a Rob Cohen film. If you know Rob Cohen, he directed the first Triple X, and he directed the Fast and the Furious which launched the thousand ships. Um, Rob Cohen also interestingly did coverage in an agent's office in the seventies and coverage is the process whereby like, you know, essentially interns like read a script or read a bunch of scripts and then write a synopsis and some recommendations when, you know, they're working for an agency or something, whether or not it should be something that uh, a studio should be presented with to pursue or, or whether or not it should just be thrown into a slush pile. And this dude, Rob Cohen, uh, chances upon a script called The Sting. Ever heard of it? 
<laughs> the Robert Redford, uh, Paul Newman uh, movie that came out, I think, in 1972 or 1973. And the uh, it's it's in the, in the slush pile and the no pile. He reads it and he's like, this fucking movie is going to make $100 million and win a bunch of Oscars and shit. Like, you have to make this. He put his job up on the line. Uh, the movie gets made and this dude is vindicated. So and then Rob Cohen goes on to have a pretty successful career in Hollywood. Um, but his most recent outing in 2018 is a film called Hurricane Heist in which a heist is pulled off in the middle of a hurricane. Um, it is a movie with no subtlety, but also like seemingly it just doesn't really make much sense and has the most wild accents that you've ever heard in a film maybe maybe as wild as Nicolas Cage and Con Air like maybe that level of wild I feel like if I was a southerner which I guess technic in the most technical sense I sort of am uh, but not really but if I was like a, a somebody from the deep south and I watched Hollywood movies like Con Air like Hurricane Heist like Inglorious Bastards like where the fuck is Brad Pitt from in that film <laughs> it's like Never, never even, never heard an accent like that in the world of Lieutenant Aldo Rain. Um, but yeah, uh, so we did a lot of that shit. Um, and finally got back up to the, oh, we also watched, uh, Bandersnatch, the new Black Mirror Thing I've seen one episode of Black Mirror, an episode called Black Museum, which I watched um, because somebody was giving a talk about it and I wanted to go see this person talk and also like sort of understand what the fuck was going on. It was, it was a good episode. I, I don't have anything against Black Mirror, but I just don't I I don't like the idea of watching a show that doesn't have any connective tissue. Like I understand that I guess all Black Mirror episodes take place in the same relative universe and so the shit is like popping up here and there and, and symbols of corporations and stuff but it's like each episode is standalone and i'm like i i i'd rather get invested in a long-term story and stuff like that so i haven't really watched black mirror but in the instance of where it was like i'm gonna go see somebody talk about black mirror and uh you know it you only have to watch one episode in order for you to participate in something like that which that's that's great. And then when Bandersnatch came out, I was also like, yo, I don't have to fucking watch anything to understand what's going on here. It's this interactive film. Um, we put it on. My my dad's smart TV doesn't have the capability to play the game, so we uh, put on the Xbox and shit. And then, you know, it starts. And if you haven't played it, it's this choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing where... Every decision you make affects what the character does, and then the character, uh, you know, acts on those decisions, and you get different outcomes. So you, you know, you go left or right, and then you see different parts of the film. And uh, I, I, I sort of understand, I guess, what Black Mirror was doing because it, it, it becomes meta to the point where the character that you're controlling finds out or understands that you're controlling him and you assume some of the guilt of or maybe some of the responsibility of having the character um, engage in the activities that you're making him engage in. Um, but ultimately, I was just like, you know, Netflix even like released a new little symbol to demarcate that it was an interactive experience. And I'm like, are they going to keep doing this? Because this isn't actually like that fun. <laughs> I, I prefer content that is just content. It's just like from start to end, you, you tell me what happens. How about that? How about instead of I tell you what happens, you tell me what happens. And then, I'll be able to judge whether or not I liked it. But, you know, putting putting content in the in the control of the audience is something that I've literally have zero investment in. Um but it was fun and and then sort of like as soon as it came out, 
like the very next day, everybody was like charting, like how you get to the different endings and shit. And I'm like, I want to fucking see everything that I possibly can. And so, you know, I use this like Reddit tool to see all the, all the different endings. There's one where he fucking just, he just brutally kills somebody. There are many in which he brutally kills somebody. I'm trying not to spoil it. I don't know why. Um, but for the most part, it is, uh, engaging when you're doing it. And then when it's over, you're done. You do not wish to return to it. Um, and you do not wish to, uh, even do something like that at all in the future. Um, (laughs) so we watched that and then we finally watched a film called Bird Box and, uh, this is a film that's on Netflix starring Sandra Bullock, directed by Suzanne Beyer and written by the guy who wrote the film Arrival about the aliens that allow you to see the future, question mark? <laughs> I sort of forget what that movie's about, but there's Amy Adams becomes like a... T- a time traveler because she sees aliens that have symbols that they make out of ink. Um, but the guy who wrote that wrote bird box and bird box is a film about some kind of plague that, Oh, I don't want to, this is another one. I don't want to spoil. I think that this is a movie that, you know, people should watch. It's like a good, it's a good movie. And, how do I talk about it without, well, I mean, it's in the description and it's obvious now based on like all the imagery that's associated with the films that the, the, the world is overtaken by this plague, this, this weird occurrence in which, um, you like the people are, if they see this thing, they become possessed by this energy and this motivation to, immediately commit suicide in the most uh, quick and efficient way possible. And sort of through all of that, the characters in the story realize that they have to wear blindfolds in order to navigate the outside world. Otherwise, they have to stay inside, they have to black out the windows, and they just have to ensure that they don't look at whatever this thing is. Um Interestingly enough, the film also doesn't allow the viewer to see whatever the thing is, uh, which might be a little bit of a spoiler for people who are like, well, what the fuck is it? Um, <laughs> but the, what I think what made the movie good is that it has this really high concept thing about it um, that, you know, this sort of like, how you shoot and present something that you can't see that you're not supposed to see because it'll be detrimental to the characters involved in the story. But it was also organized in sort of two parts. Uh, One part takes place. You don't know where it takes place, but Sandra Bullock and you've seen the memes at this point is, is going down river. And the other part takes place uh, five years before that. And it is, a like final destination um, type uh, situation, um, which is not even that coincidental considering that the dude who wrote it, I believe wrote final destination five. Um, and so the, a bunch of different characters end up g- g- congregating in the same house. And you know, as a viewer from having, seen films like this or maybe you don't that it's it's going to be organized kind of like a slasher movie or like one of those final destination movies where all of these different characters are going to meet their fates but you don't know in which way um and it's like one of those movies that it does what the the cosmologist and i love the most and i might be interested to see if he actually would like this film um but for me, it does what we always say about, like, especially high concept stuff, stuff that, that is, is, is trying to do something new and different. 
is that the world and the universe that you're in establishes rules that are followed for the duration of the film. And I think it executes it pretty, pretty flawlessly. It's just like, okay, here are the rules to the movie. Now we're going to see if the people in the movie follow the rules or don't follow the fucking rules. And if not, to what end? And I loved it. I mean, uh, my my buddy Orlando called me at 15 minutes into the movie. And uh, he was like, you know, I've heard the whole spectrum about this movie. Is it bad? Is it good? What, you know, like, I don't know. How are you liking it so far? And I was like, well, I just watched this amazing action-packed intense set piece for 10 minutes that culminated in the appearance of John Malkovich pissed as fuck holding a shotgun. So I'd have to give the movie an A plus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bird box. It's fun. Um, That'll do it for this episode of the Wednesday Comic Book Show. Follow us on Twitter at Weekly Comic Show. Follow us on Instagram at Wednesday Comic Book Show. Email us at Wednesday Comic Book Show at gmail.com. Follow my mans, the cosmologist, the angler aficionado on Instagram at CB Cosmologist. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Like a motherfucking pro. You ever seen a nerd speak in thin air? You ever seen such comic book flair? You ever seen two, three, four, five nerds fight and argue over made up words? Superman, Batman, and the Green Martian approach these worlds with Supreme Court shed. Listen to us as we rant and rave. Flip and follow on to the next page. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.